Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome to day 419 of our three-year journey through God's Word. We come to 2 Samuel chapter 6. A well-known chapter, especially the first part of this chapter with Uzzah and the Ark is kind of a well-known story. Sometimes it's one that people bring up as a, as a Bible difficulty. Uh, why would the Lord struck Uzzah? Uh, dead because he just touched the ark, only touched the ark of God. So uh, this is David's heart being reflected here in wanting to bring the ark of the Lord up into Jerusalem, and then it doesn't go well the first time, and then they have to learn how to do it properly. Uh, there's a lot to learn in this chapter. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look to him and his word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Son, our Savior, who's the fulfillment of your word and who is our Redeemer, and the one we love because he first loved us and gave his life to redeem us. Thank you for drawing us to yourself. Would you give us wisdom by your Holy Spirit, insight into your word, help us to see and follow Christ by faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First, Second Samuel chapter 6. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went up with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart with the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his error. And he died there beside the ark of God. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Etam the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. As the ark of the Lord came into the city, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it, 
And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people returned to each to his own house. And David returned to bless his household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord, and I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. That is 2 Samuel chapter 6. So the ark of the Lord, remember this from back in our studies in Exodus, it's really the centerpiece of tabernacle worship. It's the centerpiece of, of the holy and consecrated worship of God. Now Israel has fallen into a bad state. The tabernacle doesn't have the ark in it. The ark is separated from the tabernacle. It's being put in a tent that David has built for it in Jerusalem. Uh, there's going to be a temple built by David's son Solomon that's going to be a permanent building version of the tabernacle. But the, the right worship of God, the way that God should be worshipped according to the law, has fallen into disregard. Uh, it, it, it just isn't happening. And so uh, David, though, has a heart for the Lord, and he has a heart for Jerusalem being not only the political capital of Israel, but also the spiritual capital of Israel. He wants people to come not to Jerusalem just to see the king and his court, but to worship the Lord and to offer sacrifices because he wants the people of God to belong to God first and foremost, and not uh, just to David. And so he wants to bring the Ark of the Lord up. But, you know, like I said, the, the right worship of God had been disregarded. It had fallen to the wayside for, for really for a couple of generations now. Uh, and <clears throat> this, this ark is supposed to be carried by poles. There's rings on the ark on either side. And they're supposed to be carried by poles on the shoulders of the Levites uh, who are consecrated to that task. But they don't do that. They put it on a cart, on an ox cart. It's a new ox cart. They are trying to honor the Lord. But you see, the Lord's sincere intentions, good intentions, as they would say in the South, will bless his heart. In other words, he's not really thinking all that clearly, is he? He's not really doing what is wise, is he? he his heart might be in the right place, but his head is rather full of cottony softness, right? That's kind of what Southerners mean when they say bless his heart. So this is kind of what's happening here. They're not, their good intentions are there, but that's not good enough. Good intentions are not good enough in the worship of God. You have to worship God according to the word. 
You have to worship God according to how God has said that he will be worshipped. And he's made it very clear that he is holy and he will be worshipped as holy and that he has set up the regulations in his law to govern that worship. So they've put the ark of God on a cart and that's a problem. And then when they come to this threshing floor, the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumble. Now, some people picture... Oh, the whole cart's tipping over and the Ark of God's about to land in the mud and, and Uzzah heroically jumps out to save the Ark from falling. And, and boy, why would God get mad at him? Well, nothing in the text actually says that the Ark of God slipped or that it fell or that it was going to fall. Simply that the oxen stumbled and that Uzzah put his hand on the Ark of God and took hold of it because the oxen stumbled. Not that anything actually happened to the ark itself, but even if it did, you see the ground which the Lord has created would not have made the ark of God defiled because it was cleaner than Uzzah and his hands. Uzzah and his hands are sinful before the eyes of a holy God. And so for him to reach out and touch the presence, the symbol of the presence of the Holy God with sinful hands shows that he doesn't understand the holiness of God. He doesn't understand the, the sanctity of worship. He doesn't understand his own sin, his own inadequacy. He thinks he's going to help God out and, and, and do a good favor for the Lord. The Lord doesn't need his help, and he is defiled to touch the ark of the Lord. So there's a lot of really bad thinking and a lot of really inappropriate actions that are going on here. But God is also making an example of Uzzah. It should remind us of the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, who offered strange fire before the Lord in the book of Exodus when the tabernacle was consecrated. What did they do? Well, all they did was offer unauthorized incense. That's all. They Maybe their heart was in the right place, but they weren't following the law. They weren't worshiping according to the word, and they were struck dead. God will be worshipped according to his word, or the worship will not be pleasing to him. Well, David is very distressed about what's happened to Uzzah. And he doesn't see how in the world he could possibly bring the Ark of the Lord up to the city of David because he feels fears for himself and for his household. And so they turn aside and they put the Ark of the Lord in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And Obed-Edom's house is blessed, greatly blessed by the presence of the Lord. This is God's way of, of, of letting David know that actually it was, it was a good idea to bring the ark up to Jerusalem. That is what the Lord desired, but he needed to do it properly. And so now you notice that they are bearing the ark. Verse 15 says, when those who bore the ark, sorry, verse 13 says, when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fat animal. They're now carrying the ark on poles the way they should, and he's giving a sacrifice every six steps because he's he's acknowledging the holiness of God. He's acknowledging the worthiness of God. 
and he's wearing a linen ephod. He's not naked. Okay, Michael's words later are sometimes used by people out of context and say, well, David danced naked before the Lord. No, he was wearing a linen ephod, but he was not wearing any kingly garments. He was not wearing anything different from what a household slave would wear. Like the lowest household slave would only dress in a linen ephod. It's, it's, it's not dignified. It's not in keeping with his office. But you see, before the Lord, David is the lowest household slave. He is unworthy. And so he strips himself of any pretense of worthiness so that all the worthiness would be the Lord's. And so he dances before the Lord and he celebrates before the Lord. And and he does something very unusual in that he offers up a sacrifice and he blesses the people, which are priestly actions. Now, he's not in the tabernacle. He's not quite doing exactly what the priests are only supposed to do. But he is acting here as a, a priest and king. And in that way, he's a foreshadowing of Christ, who is the priest and king, the high priest and king over the people of God. And notice that he he hands out and feeds all the people, and that could have foreshadowings of Jesus feeding the 5,000, but ultimately Jesus feeds us spiritually with the sacrifice of himself uh, as as our portion is in Christ, the one who's the priest and the sacrifice, the king and the servant of God. So we see a lot of foreshadowing of Jesus here in David's actions. Michael is is indignant. She cares only about honor and dignity and class and standing. She misses out on the greatness of the Lord and so she misses out, right? So what do we learn from this? I think the most important and obvious thing we learn is that yes, God cares about our hearts in worship, but he also cares about his word being followed and honored in worship. So we should honor God with our heart and mind, with obedience to the truth and in spirit. Like Jesus said, worship that pleases God must be in spirit and in truth. From the heart sincerely, like David, but according to the word of God, which is what they did wrong the first time. I think we also need to see that David here is pointing us beyond himself to Christ, who is the one who is both the Ark of the Covenant, he's the presence of God in the midst of his people, And he's the priest who blesses us in the name of the Lord. He's the king who reigns over us as our our defender and ruler. And he's the sacrifice that we are fed with and we are nourished by spiritually. So we see so much of Christ here. So that all that should be in our minds and hearts as we worship God according to his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that is in Jesus. Thank you for loving us enough to condescend and speak truth to us in a way that is loving and that is kind and gracious. We love you and thank you. We ask that you would help us to walk in your ways always. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for 2 Samuel 6. We're going to be back in the Gospel of Mark tomorrow, which means uh, Mike Telercio will be back with us tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.